Amen. That's what we're here to do this morning. He is so worthy. No matter what we go through, still worship Him. Amen. Let's try. Why should I worry? Out on the water, storms raging high. Waters around them were troubled that night. Fear filled their hearts and thought they would die. But they failed to remember that the Master was nigh. He spoke the word and the winds all stood still. Even the waters.
nothing to fear. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's always good to be in church. Not just any church. But a church where you know the Lord is with you. Amen. We'll sing this. No, we'll go ahead and do it. We'll go ahead and go do the announcements. And we'll go to the Lord in prayer. immediately following service this morning to discuss the dinner um, for the youth banquet weekend. It'll be just immediately after service. Also, they, she has printed up flyers. If you want to hand out flyers where you work or um, anywhere you see a cork board, she has those. And then also copies of the slides that Brother Cammy presented last Sunday, she has those as well. And then if I could get a couple brothers immediately after service to move Pastor's recliner to the fellowship hall. Um, so he can be out there and enjoy the, the get-together for Brother Kyle this afternoon. Amen. Brother Isaac texted me this morning. He's in Boston. He just uh, asked us to remember him as he's traveling. Lord, give him traveling mercies. And we'll certainly do that. It's good to see Brother Blessing and the whole family here this morning. A lot of people have been anxiously awaiting anxiously awaiting now remember he's just a little guy so let's don't swarm him too much let's give them a little bit of breathing room we don't want to intimidate the little guy when he's the first time in church okay amen let's continue remember all those that want to be here in camp the lord certainly knows sister pearl and brother john sometimes that just breaks my heart thinking how long they've had to be out but the lord knows what he's doing and we're still believing in a full recovery They'll be back in the house of the Lord with us. Same for Sister Marilyn, that she'll be back in the house of the Lord with us better than before. Because God is more than able to do that. We've seen too many miracles here to not believe that. Amen. Brother Kevin, if you don't mind, come to take us to the Lord in prayer this morning. Anybody have an unspoken prayer request? I know we all have needs. So thankful for our pastor once again. Just hold him up as well. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, it is a privilege to come in these back doors, Lord, to come into your presence, Lord. Oh, God, because every one of us have a little lick of fire, Lord, and when we come together, Lord, we create the pillar of fire, Lord. I know that you're with us every time we gather, Lord. We don't gather in vain, Lord, because your word tells us, Lord, we're two or three gathered in your name, Lord. You're in our midst, Lord. So, oh, God, I pray, oh, God, that you'll just come amongst us this morning, Lord. Just brood over us, Lord, oh, God, like a hen would do her chicks this morning, Lord. Oh, God, you know our hearts, Lord. You know the desires of our hearts, Lord. You know everything about us, Lord. So, oh, I pray, oh, God, you'll touch each individual this morning Lord oh God may they leave this place Lord on fire for you Lord knowing that you have oh God been in their midst Lord knowing that you, you have read their heart Lord like a book Lord I've seen it done many times Lord I've sit back there Lord oh God you've read my heart like a book Lord many times Lord oh God if we could just pull upon the gift this morning Lord we have a gift oh God within our pastor Lord if we could just pull upon that gift Oh, God, I know that we can be ministered to this morning, Lord. We thank you for this time, Lord. Oh, God, may we not take it for granted, Lord. Oh, God, may we take advantage of it this morning. 
like never before, Lord. Minister to your people this morning, Lord. We pray for the ones that was called out, Lord. Sister Marilyn, Lord, I pray for her, Lord. Touch her this morning, Lord. Oh, God, give her strength, oh, God, to keep pressing the battle, Lord. I pray for Sister Joan, Lord. It's a battle on her, Lord. Oh, God, give her the strength, Lord. To endure, Lord, what she has to go through, Lord. Taking care of her sister, Lord. I pray, oh God, you'll be with them, Lord. Oh God, you see the other prayer request. Sister Pearl, Lord. Oh God, go to that need, Lord. Touch her in a mighty way, Lord. Bring her up off of the bed, Lord. Oh God, may she be in, our, in this house, Lord, once again, Lord. Touch the family, Lord. Oh, God, you see the other request, the, the hands that was lifted, Lord. You know each and every need behind the hand, Lord. Oh, God, minister your people this morning, Lord. Oh, God, as Brother Daniel comes out, Lord. Oh, God, may you get him aside, Lord. And, oh, God, may you break the bread of life to us, Lord. Oh, God, walk down our life, Lord. Oh, God, and minister each and every one. I know you can orchestrate, oh, God, this service for each and every one of us, Lord. Oh, God, because I believe one day that he will, oh, God, present us to you, Lord. Oh, God, if we could just get behind him a hundred percent, Lord. Oh, God, there's no telling what we could see this morning, Lord. The supernatural could take place this morning, Lord. If we have a need in our bodies, Lord, as he's preaching the word, Lord. Oh, God, maybe we would just reach out and grab a hold to it, Lord. Oh, God, I know you're more than worthy. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, be with us this morning, Lord. Bless the song service. Bless the remain this day. And we give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. so blessed to be able to come to church three times a week you know i remember during covid how bad it was and having to be home and streaming when pastor was streaming from from his office and i i know streaming has a purpose but i hate streaming my attention span just ain't good enough for streaming and i'd much rather come sitting in the house of the lord with with saints around me i don't care if it's crowded or not i'd rather just come to church amen i want to thank brother lee and brother terrence for coming here yesterday and helping us run electrical and and wires and yet other things and the camera is not up because I boo-booed and missed a part so that we got to get that but um, I want to thank the brothers for coming and then this Saturday all hands on deck the more of you that can show up the better we get some things uh, done before the banquet weekend since we'll have so many folks here that weekend amen God's good to us isn't he amen, amen. let's sing this as you bring your mission offering this morning what a mighty God we serve What a mighty God we serve What a mighty God
receive the morning tithe and offering, and then after that, Sister Joan has a song for us this morning. We've got the power. <clears throat> We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Oh, Satan.
every Oh, 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ain't a person here that won't, don't want a lighter load. The more you can surrender, the lighter your load. So let's uh, take our burden to the Lord this morning and leave it there. You can be seated this morning. God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. For the blessings, Sister Mita would come and bring little Asher Miracle this morning. We'll dedicate his life to the Lord. Truly another miracle among us. Book of Acts be written behind this church. Amen. Let's not take anything for granted. I don't care how small you may think it is. There's nothing small in the sight of God. It's all miraculous. Jesus said these words, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Some of y'all are jealous. I'm holding a miracle. Literally, Asher miracle this morning. Look at that head of hair. Wow. <laughs> Let's bow our heads together, can we? Eternal Father, I am truly humbled this morning to stand here and hold this miracle of life in my arms. And we know that all life comes from you. Science can do many things. Technology can accomplish many things, but this is one thing they can't touch. They cannot produce life. All life comes from you. Even when Eve gave birth to Cain, she said, I've gotten a man from the Lord because all life comes from you. And God, I hold in my arms a little Asher miracle this morning. Lord, it's truly a miracle. I stood at almost this exact same spot several months ago and I prayed over this couple. And Lord, I declared that I would dedicate a healthy baby to you. And we see the word come to pass right before our very eyes this morning. I stand as the fulfillment of that prophecy this morning, Lord, that I'm holding in my arms a perfectly healthy child, dedicating his heart and life to you. God, I pray you create a hedge around him, keep sickness and disease away from him, Lord. God, if there's a tomorrow, God, I pray you'd raise him up and use him for the kingdom of God. And Lord, at a very young age, may he surrender his heart to you because we know the enemy is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But God, I pray that you keep your hand upon him all the days of his life, God. Lord, bless our brother and sister this morning as they stand here as father and mother. Lord, give them the wisdom, the direction, the understanding, God, that they have need of to raise him in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And teach him the ways and the principles of the Bible, Lord, that when he's old, he will not depart from them, Lord. So we dedicate his heart and his life to you this morning as Hannah did to Samuel, Lord. We give him back to you, but Lord, you in return, give him back to them and say, he belongs to me. He was mine before he was yours. But take good care of him. So, Lord, I know they want to do that, Father. May you give them wisdom, direction, understanding, Father. To be the kind of parents you want them to be, according to the Word of God. We, take, we give his life. We dedicate it to you this morning. Soul, body, and spirit, God. Take him. Use him for your glory and honor. We give him back to you in Jesus' precious name. For the glory of God, we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. My, 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 my. My prayer, my preaching just has an effect. <laughs> I mean, he went into a coma. I'm sorry. 
Let's give Jesus another hand this morning. Let's stand to our feet this morning. God is good. And all the time. Praise the Lord. Musicians can go ahead and take your seats. I'm not going to sing anymore. I'm going to save what voice I have this morning for the ministry of the word. Hope you come this morning expecting to hear from God. Because truly, if you come to hear from a man, you will be disappointed. But if you come to hear from him, he never disappoints. Romans chapter 8. I know we're going through the book of Romans on Wednesday night, but it'll be a while before we get to chapter 8 at the pace we're going. So, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are... The sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. Not going to be. We are. John says, now we are the sons of God. And if children... Then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that's all, always gets quiet on those times, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed, not in Christ, in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I'm going to read that again. The earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our bodies. May God add His blessings to the reading of His Word. You can be seated. First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3 verse number 1. John says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. 
for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth, transgresseth the law. Also the law for the sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in, sin, in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. I want to speak to you this morning on a subject from revelation to manifestation. From revelation to manifestation. When Isaiah prophesied almost 800 years before the birth of Jesus, he prophesied, a virgin shall conceive, and we shall call his name Many things, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, he, many things that, that Isaiah goes through that he would be called, Everlasting Father, all these, these things that he would be called. Now that was a revelation given to Isaiah, and the people of Israel was looking for a Messiah. They was expecting to see a Messiah. They was looking for it, but they was looking for him in the wrong realm, looking for him in the wrong dimension. They was, they was thinking that he was going to come you know, in clouds of glory, and he was going to come on a white horse with a sword, and he was going to destroy the Romans, and he was going to deliver them from the tyranny of Nero and the tyranny of Rome, and, and, and he came as a baby. The fact of the matter is, he came just as he was prophesied. A virgin shall conceive. This is how the prophecy came forth, that Jesus would be the Messiah, and he would be conceived by a virgin. That the Holy Ghost would overshadow her, knowing not a man, because it is impossible for a virgin to conceive. But with God, all things are possible. So God overshadowed her and created in her a body, the seed and the egg. She had nothing to do with it. And God, by immaculate conception, created a body in the womb of Mary. And nine months later, she gives birth to the Christ child. But understand that there's a reason why that we pray for revelation. There's a reason why, Brother Ram said, above everything, pray for revelation. Because understand this, you cannot have or you cannot see the manifestation unless you see the revelation. It must be revealed to you first before it can be manifested to you. See, Jesus was manifest. The Bible says He was manifest to take away the works of the devil. But to those that it was not revealed to, He did not take away the works of the devil in their life because they did not see the revelation. There's people today that still have sin in their life and God will not take the sin away from them because they have not seen the revelation that He is here. Present day truth. Not He's coming, but He's here. We know that He did come. He will come, but He is come. You have to believe that He is here present day truth. You have to believe that He is here in the form of His bride. It takes male and female to make the image of God. And He was here 2,000 years ago as the male form of God. And now He's here as the female form of God. It takes both to make the image of God. So He is here in bride form. And they have missed Him because of the simplicity that God reveals Himself in is in simplicity and they have missed him again so therefore they will miss the manifestation of the sons of God 
The Bible declares to us in Romans 8 that all creation is groaning in pain together until now. All creation is groaning. There's something going on. There's a there's stirring in the mulberry trees, as David, as God would tell David, when you hear the stirring in the mulberry trees, know that I'm here and it's time to take the to take the enemy in the battle. And I feel like within my spirit that there's a stirring going on in the mulberry trees. I do believe we are we are in a rapture, going to a rapture. I believe we're in a resurrection, going to see a resurrection. But you cannot see a resurrection if you have not been a part of a resurrection. You cannot be in a rapture if you're not part of a rapture. See, the word rapture we know means caught away. If you have not already been caught away in Christ, you will never be caught away in the physical realm. If you have not experienced a, a, a spiritual resurrection in your soul, that you are dead in, in sin and trespasses, but He has quickened, that means, that, 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 that's raised from the dead, quickened to life. That if you have not experienced that, that you will never experience the resurrection that we're looking forward to. Now, we know there's a, there's a second resurrection that every person ever born, every person ever born in the history of this world will be resurrected. That's the second resurrection. They will be raised. We will be, our family and our loved ones and those in the, you know, in the seven church ages will be resurrected uh, for us to have time on the earth to be with them during the 30, 40 days of the resurrection, then caught up to meet the, the Lord in the air. But then after all this time as he laps after the, after the millennial reign and after the uh, battle of Armageddon, all these things that are going to happen, then, then we have uh, what the Bible terms as the white throne judgment. And that's when all the sinners and the, the, the devil's children and the devil himself, everybody that's ever lived will be resurrected and they will be judged according to the deeds done in their flesh. And, and so people, there's people that don't believe in a resurrection that still are going to be part of a resurrection. You're either going to be part of the first resurrection or the second resurrection, one or the other. Uh, everybody that's ever lived will be resurrected at one time or another. Um, some to uh, eternal life, some to damnation. Well, it's just the, that's the Bible. I know people don't like to hear about hell or talk about hell, but it's a reality. And there are people that are going to go to hell because they rejected the word for our day. They didn't reject Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee, but they have rejected God walking in human flesh again today. And it doesn't matter what form Jesus is, it's the same nature, it's the same character. He does not change who He is. I'm God and I change not. The only thing He changes is His mask. But it's still the same God. So, it, it, that, that's why when, when, when Jesus tells Peter, He says, Who do you say that I the Son of Man am? Now He brings it down. At first He says, Who do men say that I am? Then He brings it down to a personal revelation to Peter. Not, not necessarily who everybody else is saying, but who do you say I am? Not that I was or not who I will be, but who I am right now. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus turns to him and said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock... Now the Catholic took it as Peter was the rock because his name means the little stone. And so they took it as Peter was the one that, uh, that Christ was going to build his church upon. And God is not going to build his church upon a, a sex born human. Neither is God building his church upon the man Christ Jesus. 
He is building His church upon the revelation of who Jesus is. The church is built on revelation. It's not built upon a person. It's built on revelation. That's why uh, the first couple of pages of the church age book, Brother Bram said, above everything, pray for revelation. That God would illuminate your eyes, illuminate your understanding. And what revelation or manifestation, the, basically the same word, what it means is a revealing or an unveiling of who or what something is. And when God unveils something to you, maybe about your spouse, maybe about your children, maybe about a job, maybe about whatever, uh, some kind of decision you got to make, whatever it is, when God reveals that to you, then the waiting process begins. But see, we have something that we can hold on to during the waiting process. See, that's how Abraham did not stumble. He did not stagger. Because he had something to hold on to for 25 years. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Calling those things that were not as though they already were. We need to catch that revelation this morning. That calling those things that are not yet manifested, not yet visible, but we have an anchor that holds within the veil. We have a revelation that God, when God gives you a revelation, He will not back up on that. That is, an, that is your anchor. That's what holds you for however long it takes to see the manifestation. The whole time that Abraham is holding on to the promise, he's getting older. He's getting more gray-headed. He's getting more wrinkles. He's getting more stoop-shouldered. He's getting older. Well-stricken in age, the Bible says. A hundred years old. But he did not stagger because he already had the revelation that held him all the way to see the manifestation. And unless you have the revelation, you'll never see the manifestation. Now see, it's not enough to see the manifestation of Jesus 2,000 years ago. It's not enough to see that. Because many denominations do see that. They do recognize that it was God veiled in a flesh body. God manifested in the flesh. But they do not see that God is again manifested in the flesh. And that's the part they missed. And that's why they go off on a, you know, on a tangent and go, on, go to seed in a certain doctrine. is Because they don't have the revelation that you and I do. That upon this rock. This revelation. They think even, even people you know, in, in closer quarters as far as denomination that are shut Pentecost. They believe that the church is built upon, excuse me, built upon the man Jesus. That's, that's not what he said. Flesh and blood hath not. It was a revelation that Peter had. And upon this revelation, not this person, but this revelation, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can you say amen? It will not prevail against this revelation. Once you have this revelation, that's what holds you. I, got, I, I give my heart to the Lord. Now, I did not get saved on a certain, certain day, and neither did you. I was saved from the foundation of the world. I was in the mind of God from the foundation of the world. I only come to recognize I always was an eagle. I only came to recognize I was the son of God. I was trying to act like a chicken. Trying to act like the world. Trying to act like denominations. And I just didn't fit in. 
I mean, knows what I'm talking about. You just didn't fit in. You tried your best to go through the motions and do what they did, you know, and, and under the influence, they say, well, you got to do this. So you did that. You got to sign a membership card, and you got to shake the hands with the pastor, and you got to be baptized in titles, and you got to do this. And some of y'all went through all those rituals. There was still something missing. And you knew within yourself that, that something wasn't completely satisfied. That's why something in you kept searching. That you was not, this was not satisfactory to you. An eagle cannot live off chicken feet. Now you can survive. Which many of you did. That's all you was doing was just surviving. I don't want to survive. I want to overcome. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surviving Laodicea. I'm thriving in Laodicea. Understanding who I am and you live above your situations. You live above your symptoms. You live above the consequences around you. You live above every, everything that's trying to tear you down. You live above that because we have been anointed with a flying eagle anointing that raises up above all this gum and mess on, on the earth. We have the ability to pierce the, the rays of the sun to where the crow gets off our back. So Jesus himself was manifest to take away our sins. But understand that you cannot see the manifestation of Jesus to, to take away your sins unless you have had a revelation of who he is. The revelation comes first. What came first? first the prophecy of Jesus or the birth of Jesus? Same thing in this generation, a prophet of God came and had a vision of the preview of the bride, which was a prophetic utterance uh, to look, he, was, he said, I was looking for, I'm looking for something that's on its road now, and I hope I'll live to see it. There's a church on its road now, he said that nothing will harm her, not even death. That they'll speak, and it'll create itself right there. No need for more, no more prayer lines. No need for those things which are in part. Because I'm here to tell you that which is perfect is already come. And when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away with. Now if you don't believe that which is perfect is come, you go ahead and have your prayer lines. But I happen to believe that which is perfect is already come. So I don't put my faith in a man's hands. I put my faith in thus saith the Lord. So you understand in the beginning when there was nothing but God. Now you can't fathom that, neither can I. I don't try to because it would make smoke come out of your ears. You can't fathom nothing being there. Nothing but just darkness and blackness and nothing there. No, no stars, no stardust, no atoms, no molecules, no protons, neutrons. Nothing but God Himself. Elohim, the lonely God. But yet in God was attributes that He wanted to portray. But there had to be somebody to portray them too. So God began to create, and He began to create, the first thing He created was, let there be light. Because understand that things are only manifested or revealed in light. That's the Bible. That light is what reveals or manifests things that, that, that was hiding in darkness. So it takes light, it takes a ministry of light to expose darkness and things that are hiding in darkness in your life. 
See, there's people that have sat under ministries of darkness and had sin in their life and it was never exposed. That, therefore, they was never delivered. You only get delivered if that thing is exposed. And it takes a ministry of light to expose sin. And if there's no light there, then there's no exposure to sin in people's lives. They can sit there for years and years, and they have. Many of them have. Sit, you, listen, you can be, you can be uh, uh, at the wrong place. Uh, you know, God told uh, Elijah, go to the brook Cherith, and I will feed thee there. You know, it's amazing. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father in Acts chapter 1, there was 500 that witnessed His ascension. How many know that to be the truth? 500 witnessed his ascension. Now for some reason, in a 40 day period, from then until Acts 2, 380 disappeared. Because there was only 120 in the upper room. 380 did not catch the revelation. Therefore they did not see the manifestation. He promised, I'm going away but I'm coming back. But he didn't come back in the same form he left in. So, so, so in this period of time, there was those that was told. He said, tarry ye in Jerusalem. He told them everything they needed to know to receive the Holy Ghost. And you shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and all uh, other parts of the earth. Is that right? 500 of them standing there. But when the time of manifestation comes, there's only 120. Because 380 did not catch the revelation that you had to be there. You had, listen, if, if Eli, there were many brooks, there were many streams, there were many bodies of water in the days of Elijah. And if Elijah had have chosen any other brook, any other stream, any other creek, but the brook Cherith, God would have not been obligated to feed him. And if you're in the wrong church, God is not obligated to feed you. You have to be under a ministry, be under a ministry of light because the, the true bride does not want any sin in her life. She wants everything and anything exposed in her life. Get it out of me. Whatever does not match the vision you see to me from the foundation of the world, you got to take a big hammer, take a big hammer. A small chisel, big chisel, whatever you got to take, get it off of me. I don't want it. I want to match the vision you had of me from the foundation of the world. And don't stop until you're done. Keep on chipping away. Keep on hammering. Put me in the fire. Take me out. If there's something that's not pure gold, put me back in the fire. Until you see your reflection in me, don't stop. Put me back on the potter's wheel. If I don't match your vision, put me back on the potter's wheel. Keep working on me. Don't stop. Oh, I may scream in pain. I may holler and I may cry. And I may ask for mercy. But don't stop. Don't stop until you see your reflection in my life. There's a reason why the song that Joel Hemphill wrote back in the early 80s that, that was number one for eight weeks in a row in the Southern Gospel charts. And, and we, we, now we call it a, a kid's song. We, we have uh, made it into a kid's song and, and uh, children sing it. We, we all should be singing it. He's still working on me. 
And they have made it a children's song. That's not, it wasn't written to be a child song. It was written for adults. Because the fact of the matter is, he's still working on all of us. Ain't none of us made it yet. Because the Bible says full redemption to when is the changing of our body. And if you've had any trouble out of your flesh this week, that means you ain't reached full adoption yet. If if you've had any problem with your flesh at all, y'all getting quiet on me. If your flesh has bothered you at all, if you've had to rebuke yourself, if you've had to repent, if you've had to go back to the labor and get washed again, then you have not received full adoption. Because full adoption ends with the changing of our mortal bodies. From mortal to immortality. So, redemption's price has been paid for, but redemption's not over. The price has been paid because Jesus cried out, it's finished. The price has been paid, but redemption's not finished. It's been paid for. But we're still in a body of flesh. We're not in a glorified body yet. So it's not over. Redemption's not over. It finishes... At the final trump. All right. All right. All right. Come on. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. I, threw that, I threw that in there for a reason. Yes, it finishes at the final trump. Yes, sir. When the final trump sounds and we're changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye, right. and this mortal takes on immortality and we're changed, that's the finality, that's the last stage of adoption. Is when this body is glorified. And none of us reach that yet. I don't, have to, I don't have to counsel none of you. I know you. You know how I know you? Because I know me. We're all on the, we're all on the same page when it comes to a flesh body. We're all still dealing with the flesh. I know many people act like they're perfect, but trust me, they ain't. <laughs> I don't care. You know, the, uh, sometimes I feel like Hollywood actors need to come to church to learn how to act. Don't go to acting class. Don't go to acting school. Just go to church. Christians will teach you how to act in Hollywood. They're great actors. Act like they know everything. Act like they're perfect. Act like they got all the answers to everything. Now let's go home with you. Let's find out what it is that gets underneath your skin. Let's find out how many times you had to repent just this, just this week. Getting quiet, boy. I ain't going to keep you long because we had a long day ahead of us. So I ain't going to keep you long this morning. Just long enough for you, some of you to get over your mad spell. And once I feel like everybody's over their mad spell, then we could be dismissed. So some of you need to get over it quick. Some people's gonna get hungry here in a minute. In a minute. Jesus was manifest. The Bible said, First John three nine. That uh, excuse me, three five. You know that He was manifested to take away our sins, take away to abolish, to annihilate, to put in the sea of forgetfulness. But you have to understand the principle of the Bible. 
You have to have a revelation of true justification before He can take away your sins. There's too many people in the message still just believe in forgiveness. They do not have a true understanding of true justification. They're still on the same level as Luther was. Luther did not know what we know about justification. He preached the just shall live by faith, but he was preaching forgiveness. You know what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is you've done it, but I forgive you for doing it. But justification is I've never done it. There's no evidence. There's no record of it. I'd make a Catholic shout and speak in tongues. When you catch the revelation of true justification, I never, I, I never was guilty. I never done it to begin with. In my origin, in the mind of God, I'm not guilty of it. There's no evidence. Because Jesus was manifest to take away, to abolish my sin. And if you can find any record of it, then you can bring up the evidence against me. But until you find evidence, keep your mouth shut. And when Jesus looks for the evidence, my record is clear. I hold a clear title. There's no, in, in my book of, of deeds, it's all empty. And it's been empty from the foundation of the world. I've never done it to begin with. I'm not guilty of it. So don't, don't tell me you forgive me. Brother Bram said that Brother Neville heard that I got drunk. Even though I didn't, Brother Bram tells his story. He said, Brother Neville come to me and said, Brother Bram, I forgive you for getting drunk. Well, you can't forgive me because I've never done it. He said, you have to understand what justification is. It's not forgiveness. Forgiveness means you was actually guilty of it, so I forgive you of it. But true justification is, I've never done it. Now just because the devil has a record of it, his record don't count. It's non-admissible in court. Because the same Jesus that stood, uh, uh, they, they threw the woman that called in adultery at his feet. The same Jesus that said those words then is still saying the words now. He that's without sin cast the first stone. And when the devil hears those words, he has to drop his own rocks. Satan, Satan himself can't throw rocks at you because he knows he's not without sin. Nobody's got a right to throw stones. Not even the devil. There was only one that had a right to throw stones and he chose not to. There was one standing there without sin. And his name was Jesus. And he said, where are those thine accusers? She said, I have none, Lord. He said, he said neither do I condemn thee. The Son of God that came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. John 3, 17. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. He didn't come to condemn me. He came to bring true justification to, to where He could do, do away, to take away, to abolish, to annihilate my sin. Oh, the devil brings it up. Don't, don't think for a minute he don't. But then, see, you have to have a balance in the courtroom. 
Go listen to the trial and you'll hear the balance. And Brother Bram brings about uh, uh, the balance of the prosecuting attorney and the defense attorney. The one defending you is the same one that judges you. You just imagine the look on the devil's face when the defense attorney gets up, puts on his robe, and sits in the judge's seat. Wait a minute. This is a fixed court. You got that right. It's a fixed fight. It's all been fixed. And how can you lose when you've got the defense attorney defending you and the same one defending you and the same one that judges you? Don't worry about the prosecution. Because it's not admissible in court. Because when the defense attorney tries to find the same record, he says, funny to me, I don't see nothing there. Because Jesus was manifest to take away our sin. It's gone. Now, I know it's, some of you, it's still in your mind, but that is, that's inadmissible in court too. God don't care about your memory. God's not putting your memory on stand. There's only one book that matters. And it's got the record of names. And if I was bad as the devil tells me I'm in, that, that, that I am, my name wouldn't be in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can't lose, my friend. You can't lose. There's no way in this system that God has set up that you can lose. You may lose the battle now and then. We've already won the war. The war was won at Calvary. Can you say amen? The battle between life and death. Jesus rose triumphant with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And when he rose, I rose with him. Second Timothy. Verse number seven. Second Timothy two. Seven. Consider what I say. Make sure I got the right scripture. Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. When Jesus was hanging at Calvary on the cross, and they came to him, remember that they had to break the legs of the malefactors that was hanging on the cross because they would use their legs to stand up on that little pedestal there they had and get breath and then they would sink back down and they would stand back up and get a breath because they was dying by asphyxiation they was actually smothered to death that's how they was was dying literally on the cross was smothering in their lungs their lungs filling up with blood and so they would come and take a stick 
And they would break the legs of those on the cross who they could not push themselves back up. And therefore they died with their legs broken. But remember the prophecy was not one bone. Not one bone will be broken. Now he was bruised. He suffered many things but not one bone was broken. So they could not come and break his legs because when they came to Jesus he was already dead. So instead of breaking his legs the Roman soldier took a spear. Now remember he was already dead. Took a spear and pierced him in his side. And out from his side flowed water and blood. Which the prophet of God tells us in Masterpiece in 64. That was the birth of the bride. That came forth as God put Adam to sleep in the garden of Eden. And from his side he took the woman. As he put Jesus to sleep in death. On Calvary's cross. From the side of the last Adam he brought the woman. He was already dead, so I died in him, therefore I shall live in him. That's how Paul could say, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? He had already died in Christ. There is no sting in death, there is no victory in the grave. Satan has lost it. He's a bluff, he's a liar. Listen, I've, I've, I've been at death's door. I know what it's like. I've looked across Jordan's River. The doctors didn't know if I was going to make it through the night. And it's nothing but a bluff. Brother Bram said, all it is is God hitches up death to a cart and pulls you across the river. But he said, he'll have somebody there at the river that you recognize. That will take your hand and lead you across Jordan's River of death. Into that sixth dimension where those that are not made perfect yet are waiting on us to be made perfect. All creation is groaning and waiting. And even those that's gone on before us are waiting on us to come to our manifestation. But listen my friend, you cannot come to manifestation of adoption. You can never take the pen of the Holy Spirit and write your own check unless God reveals to you who you really are. It ain't enough for you for me to see myself. It ain't enough for you for Jesus to see who He was. It ain't enough for you for your neighbor to see who they are. Your parents or the deacons or trustees. No, you, you've got to see who you are. And then once you see who you are in Christ, death has lost its sting. The grave loses its victory. Come on, somebody. Once it's revealed to you that I have passed from death unto life. There will be no death for me. See, I've heard, I've heard stories, and I don't mean to scare anybody this morning. Understand this, that if anybody can scare you into it, somebody can scare you out of it. So I'm not trying to scare you with any stories, but these are true stories that, that, that other ministers have witnessed to me that, uh, standing by the bedside of somebody that was crossing over that weren't saved. And the things they begin to see and witness in the fifth dimension. People screaming and hollering. No, don't let them come get me. Hearing chains rattle. It's quiet, boy. You talk about hell, you talk about the fifth dimension, people just clam up. I'm not worried about that. I ain't going there. When somebody preaches on Cain, it don't bother me because that's not my lineage. They preach on Esau or Judas. That don't bother me. I know who I am. 
That don't bother me. Oh, I'm scared I'm going to be a Judas. I'm not. Because I know, friend, I would have received him then because I've received him now. I would have accepted Noah's message because I received my message today. I would have received Moses' message because I received my message today. Come on, church. People that reject the message for their day would have rejected Noah's message and Moses' message and Elijah's message because whatever your attitude is towards your message of your day would have been your attitude toward the message of that day. So I know I wouldn't have been a Judas. Because I've accepted the word for my day and I would have accepted it then. They would have had to make another bedroom for me in Noah's day because I'd have been on that ark. Because I'm in the ark now. Come on, I'm in Christ. He is the ark. I'm in the ark now. I would have been in that ark. Y'all going to make it hard for me to quit now. Lord, help me, Jesus. If we died in him when the Roman soldier pierced his side and out came a bride. And Brother Bram takes that analogy and he, 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 he parallels it with Michelangelo when he finishes the sculpture of Moses. A masterpiece. It's perfect. It matches his, it matches his vision perfectly. And he stands back, hammer still in hand, and still under inspiration of the vision. And he smites it on the right knee. And he, Brother Branham said that, and now had not Brother Branham preached this, we wouldn't have known this. So don't act like we're something smart. Because we would not have known this had he not told us. He said, the mark on the knee, to me, is what makes it the masterpiece. You know what the mark was on Jesus? Not just the stripes, not just the bruises, not just the wounds, but that spear hole in his side was a mark of the birth of a bride. God marked him with a, with a scar in his right side that was the birth of the bride, and that's what made him a final masterpiece. Brother Ram said that spot on, on, on Moses' right knee. Many people would have said, you, you, you ruined the masterpiece. He said, no, to me, that's what made it a masterpiece. What is the glory of a man? It is the woman. Who is the glory of Jesus Christ? It is his bride. That's what made him the masterpiece. Was the birth of the bride. That's what made Moses the masterpiece was that, that place on his right knee that, that when, when, interesting, interesting analogy here that when Michelangelo smites him, he uses one word. And Brother Adam parallels it with the birth of the bride. He don't say paralyzed. Hello. He says, speak. This is the bride's ministry. Speak. What does the book of Revelation declare to us? How we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Don't tell me you don't have anything to do in your overcoming. You do. Not only do we need the blood, but we need a positive word of testimony. That puts the devil to running. Speak and go forward. I, I just happen to believe that the word has been unveiled in this hour. I don't, I don't believe there's any other mysteries that has to be finished. According to, according to Revelation 10, 1-7, the mystery of God should be finished. 
before the prophet goes off the scene. It's already finished. There's nothing else that God has to send him back to do. So now it's the bride's time. Speak. Speak. Like I told you two weeks ago, whatever it was about, with, with God all things are possible. Then I read you the other scripture. He said, with you all things are possible. Not just with God, but with you. If that same spirit. Oh, see, we got different spirits. You know, people, people don't really believe we have the same spirit that raised up Christ from the grave. No, yes, we do. You destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. The power of resurrection laid within him. The power that's going to, if you go by the way of the grave, the power of resurrection is already in you now. Hello? If that same spirit that raised up Christ from the grave dwell in you, it will quicken. You're mortal. So where's the theophany? People don't know what to do with me. They, they, when, I, when I give them scriptures like this, they just look at me like, you know, I've got three heads. If that same spirit dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal bodies. This is the change of the body. I've already been quickened in my soul. It's already been changed. The old man is dead. And he's still dying. Daily. <laughs> he's dead, but he's dying. Just don't feed him. He'll continue to die. And the new, the new life within me is the life of Christ. Greater is He, personal pronoun that's in you than He's in the world. So it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Same Spirit that dwelled in Christ. If that same Spirit that raised up Christ from the grave, the power of resurrection, dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. What is the rapture? What is the... What, uh, what is the uh, the, you know, Brother Ram was asked uh, about the rapture. He says it's just a change. We try, we try, people try, people try to, uh, you know, make it so deep, dark, and mysterious. No, you're going to have the same body without death. You know, the only reason that you that are over 25, which is the majority of the group here this morning. The reason you feel the way you do getting up on Sunday mornings. That you almost have to have a <laughs> block and tackle to get yourself out of bed. <coughs> Excuse me. A, a, a forklift. <laughs> and when you do it, every, every bone in your body just... <laughs> you eating cereal in there? No, that's my bones. Let me know that I'm older, older than 25. My, my body is dying. But do you know what would happen to each and every one of you that are over 25 if, if death was taken out of your body? You'd be changed. Right back to where you was at 23 to 25 before death set into your mortal bodies. That's the change. All it is, the same body with no death in it. And you're the one that's going to speak death out of your body. Because the power of resurrection lays within your voice. Speak and go forward. Death? What do you think happened when you accepted the Lord as your Savior? You were dead. But something was quickened. Because you confessed. With your mouth. 
that you accepted Him as your Savior. And you were changed in a moment. The old things were passed away. Behold, all things become new. And the same thing is going to happen at the resurrection. By your confession. Death, leave my body. Just as you spoke death out of your soul, and you're no longer dying in your soul, you're living life, really abundant life. As Christians, we ought to be living abundant life. Hello. Oh, I know, Brother Ram said we ought to be a million miles down the road. We ought to be li- we're living way too be- uh, far beneath our privileges as sons and daughters of God. That's not God's fault. No, that's our fault. Because, see, we've let too much of Laodicea creep in and take our time. Y'all know what I'm fixing to do with this thing, right? I'm fixing to yank this thing off because it's aggravating the fire out of me. And I don't want nothing aggravating me while I'm preaching. So if it, if it moves down a few more times, well, it's about time to quit anyway, so we won't have to worry about it. He says, let me finish this. I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also would deny us. Verse 13, if we believe not, yet He abideth faithful. Listen, there are times in my life, I'll just say it personally, I won't, I won't include you because we got too many angels here this morning. There are times in my life that I didn't really believe on it the way I should have believed. There are times in my life my faith was weak. That I wasn't the, the believer that I claimed to be. Hello. But the Bible says if we believe not, believe not, yet he abideth faithful. You know why? Because he's bound by a covenant. Even when Abraham lied to the king, God was still obligated to his own covenant. He wasn't obligated to a lie. But he had to protect Sarah's womb. He couldn't allow that lie to continue on. He had to come down and tell the king, go get my lying prophet to pray for you. You imagine the look on Abimelech's face. What? What? Did that just really come out of your mouth? You want me to have the liar to pray for me? To open up the wombs of the women in my, in my country? He was a liar. He lied to me. Told me that was his sister. And you want him to lay hands on me and pray for me? Because see, God's covenant was not with Abimelech. God's covenant was not with Abraham. God's covenant is not with you. When he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. That by two immutable things, that's unchangeable things, it's impossible for God to lie. That's why He left you out of the covenant. Because He knows you still have the ability to lie. It's still in your flesh to lie. A white lie is still a lie. Oh, people get nervous when you start talking about things like that. Lie on your tax form, still a lie. 
If, if it belongs to Caesar, go ahead and give it to him. You got something a lot better than Caesar's going to get. We try to, we, we try to disregard Caesar and what is supposed to go to Caesar. When we got everything, we're joint heirs with Christ. And we're going to, you know, belittle him a few dollars. Go ahead and write him a check. Get it over with. Because if you don't. Somebody come after you. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what. I've been audited by the IRS. One thing about preachers. They, they, they really look at preachers. They scrutinize with a magnifying glass. Because there's too many preachers getting off tax free. They're using, they're using the church as a tax shelter. Now see I pay my taxes. I don't want to fool with them people. Them people of the devil. And they come at you by the dozens. They don't just send one at a time. They come at you by the dozens. You don't want them people on your trail. They did a paper audit on, on, on me back several years ago. And my poor wife, she's a great secretary. If I had not had her, friend, I, you'd, you'd be visiting me behind bars. And I don't keep good records. I just don't. I go out to eat and, and she, I come home. She says, where's the receipt? I'm like, uh... Let me check the truck. It's probably somewhere in the truck or somewhere in my wallet. Somewhere. Well, duh. We know it's somewhere. She's got bags and bags and bags of receipts just in case they come after us again. People, people lie on a, on, on a uh, internal revenue tax return form. Just to, you think you're saving a few dollars by... Um, people start buying stuff at the end of the year for tax write-offs. Oh, if it's legal, go ahead and do it. But I tell people all the time, if you want a good tax write-off, write the church a good check. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a, a form on letterhead from the church that you can tax write-off the church. It's a non-profit organization. Give you a good tax write-off. But people would rather go buy a new truck than give it to the church. Come, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Man. <laughs> One scripture and I'll close. Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians chapter four. Verse eight. Now I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna preach on these first couple of verses. I'm just gonna read them and move on because I don't have time and to make anybody else mad. <laughs> we were troubled on that every side, yet not distressed. Come on, say with me. Not distressed, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life, listen, the life also of Jesus might be made, what? In our body. The life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. If that same Spirit... 
that raised up Christ from the grave dwell in you. That the life of Jesus might be made manifest. What kind of life should we be living? The same life as Jesus. That His life, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest or revealed to other people. That they might see Jesus in us. That His life might be made manifest. But understand this as I close this down. Musicians come. You cannot have the life of Jesus manifesting in your body unless you first see the revelation. You must first see the revelation, then you can see the manifestation. Then when you see the revelation of it, just wait on the manifestation because it's next. We don't know how long it's going to be for the rapture. But see, Brother Bram said the rapture is a revelation to the bride. And once God reveals to us, reveals to you as an individual, listen... I'm not going to taste death. Even if I go by the way of the grave, I'm not going to die. You understand? Even if I go by the way of the grave, I'm not going to die. You can't kill me. I have passed from death unto life. I died in Him. Three days later, I arose in Him. So death has no more sting. And the grave has no more victory over me. So I stand here today beyond death. Death can't touch me. Death can't touch you if you're a believer. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. That means the fear of death too. Because if, you, if you're afraid of death, that means you're, you don't know where you're going. But if you know where you're going, you're not afraid to go. Let's stand. I got to go change shirts. Service this evening at 4.30. Let's sing this, Keith G. I, I certainly can attest to this this morning. I'm on the battlefield. <laughs> I was on the battlefield most of the service this morning. But that's all right. We can't reign with Him unless we suffer with Him. You have to understand that I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not a flesh and blood warfare. I'm not fighting against you. It's not, our, it's, it's not a battle, battle between believers. It's not flesh and blood. It's powers and principalities. Demons. It's a demonic warfare. Spiritual warfare. And when I, when, when I go down certain paths to expose certain demons in people's lives, that's when the warfare really kicks in. But that's when your hour of deliverance has come. That's when you get your deliverance. Is when he is exposed. Mm, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Well, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promised him that I serve him till I die. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Well, I'm on the battlefield.
fighting for my Savior. Battle has been won. The trumpet will be sounding. The coming of the sun. I'll lay my armor down. Take up my robe and crown. And I walk through the streets with my Lord. Oh, yes, I love service for that uh, meeting with Sister Sharon Rose, and if we could get a couple brothers to move the recliner um, for our pastor, we certainly appreciate it. I know he'd appreciate it. Amen. Yes. A little Sunday school song, This Little Light of Mine, we'll try if. <clears throat> this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Gonna let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine, 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 let it shine
I'm gonna let it shine.